love and life. Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Unless we're being honest with ourselves about who we are and what we're about. None None of that is possible. Single is the new black. Don't wear white till it's right. I'm all about living authentically and finding the best version of you and living life to its fullest. You know, there's an old saying that every crisis is not only a crisis, but an opportunity. So I meet a guy and he's great. He's smart. Karen, we need to pick out the shoes. successful. This was not what I had anticipated. I had my life planned out. Psychologist, author, speaker, former professor, and musician. Yes, I was a runaway bride. Channel your path to a more authentic you, living an authentic life. Listen to Dr. Karen right now on Love and Life. Hi there, I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Averill. I'm a psychologist, author, speaker, former professor, and musician. You might know me from my latest book, Single is the New Black. Don't wear white till it's right. I'm here on my new podcast, and I'm so excited that you're joining me. We'll be talking about living and relating authentically in all realms of life. We'll look at how to have true intimacy in romantic relationships, more meaningful friendships, healthier family connections, more productive and fulfilling careers, and we'll learn methods for staying happy, hopeful, and positive, all while channeling a path to a more authentic you, living an authentic life. Thanks so much for joining me on my very first podcast episode. I am so thrilled to be with you. I wanted to take this opportunity to introduce myself to you because some of you know me, some of you don't. Some of you have read my book or you've heard me on other podcasts and some of you haven't. I wanted to take the chance to let you know a little bit more about me and what I'm about and what we're going to cover on the podcast. I wasn't sure 100% what to include. So I sat down with my 23-year-old niece the other day and said, hey, if you didn't know Dr. Karen because Dr. Karen's your aunt, what would you want to know about the show Uh, if you were just scrolling through a bunch of podcasts and wanted to figure out if this was a show that would be a good fit for you. She said, you know, I think in the very first episode, people are going to be interested in kind of like, for lack of a better term, your mission statement. Like, what is this about? What are the, the topics that are really going to be kind of themes that weave themselves in and out of every episode of the podcast? So thank you to my niece for this fantastic idea because really that is such a clear way of giving everyone a sense of what we're going to be doing in the podcast. And so I don't want to use the term mission statement per se, but I want to look at the core values that we'll be addressing. And it's interesting because values may seem kind of like, oh, really? Because this isn't Sunday school. But the more I learn about relationships, the more I study relationships, the more I experience them, the more I realize that values are at the center of every relationship that we're in. Certainly our own relationship with ourself involves our values. And then also every relationship that we encounter, we are dealing with values all the time. As a matter of fact, most of the arguments we ever get in are because of value differences. And so I, th- I thought that would be a really great way to establish what we're going to be doing in Dr. Karen Love and Life, what we're going to be tackling, and also give you a little bit clearer picture as to who I am and what I'm about. Hi, I'm Joey. I'm from Pompton Lakes, New Jersey, and I listen to Dr. Karen Love and Life.
Let me tell you a little bit more about myself. So as you know, I'm a psychologist, and in the first portion of my career, I was a therapist for kids in the child welfare system of Chicago. So I was working in an office in the south side of Chicago and working with kids who had to be removed from their families. Um, usually their mother was struggling with a substance addiction, and the father oftentimes was not part of the picture, and they were staying with their family members, so either an auntie or a grandmother had stepped in to help them. So that was my first uh, professional experience. From there, I went to West Philadelphia and was working for a year as a volunteer in the community. So again, working in an urban context and uh, partnering with a church and volunteering at the YMCA. And then this program was one where we just were living within the community and so so living in a row house in West Philly and trying to be a productive part of the community in a community that was underserviced and um, was a definitely a community that needed some support. So that was what I did for the first part of my career and I loved therapy. I loved being a therapist. At the same time, I didn't feel that I was fully done with my educational path and I'd also had this itch to check out academia because I really loved, I remember in grad school getting my master's in clinical psych, which is the branch of, of psychology that teaches you to become a therapist. I remember giving class presentations and really liking it <laughs> when so many other students were like, oh, I hate giving class presentations. And I was just like, that's really fun. I love being in front of people and talking to them and sharing with them. So I ended up going back to get my PhD and then moved into the city and my first academic position was at Chicago State University, which is again in the south side of Chicago in an urban context. And I, I loved being a part of a university that was there for students who many, many of whom were first generation college students and really showing these kids who a lot of people, quite frankly, didn't see a whole lot of potential in these kids. Um, I was the professor who <laughs> kept the bar pretty high. <laughs> in fact, um, sometimes my students uh, resisted that at first, uh, but I was pretty insistent that I knew that they had a lot of potential that they hadn't tapped into yet and um, had some really great experiences there. So that's a little bit about my professional background. You're listening to Dr. Karen Anderson Abril on Love and Life. Go to her website, D-R-K-A-R-I-N dot me. That's www dot D-R, Karen with a K dot me. Have any questions or would like to share your story with Dr. Karen? Email her, Karen, K-A-R-I-N at D-R, Karen dot me. So core values are around us and inside us all the time, whether we realize it or not. In fact, most arguments we have with people, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your best friend, whether it's your family member, most arguments we have are because of value differences. And so it's really important to understand our own values and it's really important to know the values of the people we're interacting with, even though it's not something that we like, hi, I'm Karen and here are my core values. But it's important for, for us to understand these because then we can better understand where we're having conflict and why we're having conflict. And I realize that my core values are out there all the time because I'm tweeting them out in quotes about life and love and I'm hashtagging them all the time because I have a bunch of hashtags like a lot of people when I'm on my social media, I'm hashtagging this, I'm hashtagging that. And if you look at my hashtags, they're really a reflection of my core values. So today I want to talk about 
core values. I want to talk about key principles for living that are so profound yet so simple. They're so simple that anyone could understand them and yet so few people implement these strategies into their daily existence. And so a lot of people run around unhappy, unmotivated, feeling like crud, and there's really no reason for it. We're going to get into them in way more depth later, but I just want to give us the opportunity to kind of see a lay of the land and where we're headed. And the first one is one of my hashtags, and this is actually a hashtag um, that is uh, one I use all the time, and it's kind of funny because I'm a psychologist, and my hashtag is get happy. Hashtag get happy. Well, you wouldn't expect a psychologist to necessarily say that, would you? Because a lot of people think that psychologists are super, super concerned with the range of emotions, and I certainly am. But I also understand that at times we can delve into our sorrow and into sadness, and it doesn't get us anywhere. That's the reality. One of the things that people make the mistake of doing, and I did this for a long time too, is looking externally for happiness looking to, well, when I get the next this, or if I get that new job, I'll be happy. Or if I get that new boyfriend, I'll be happy. Or if I get that new car, I'll be happy. And the reality is, it's your job to get happy. The reality is, happiness is an inside job. And your emotional state is entirely in your own control. Now, that's something a lot of people resist. They'll be like, no, he made me so mad. And she made me so angry and they made me so sad or this situation is ruining my life. And they're giving all this control to external forces or to other people or to their family. They're giving their entire emotional state. They're handing it over on a silver platter and saying, here, I'm giving you control and power over my emotional state. I'm giving you control and power over my mood. And I don't know why people do that because who wants to give someone else control over one of the most important aspects of your life? your emotional state. So I love hashtag get happy because it's a reminder that I can get happy at any time because it's always within me to make the decision. It's a choice. And so often people just abdicate that choice and and throw that choice away and give it over to other people. And the other thing I want to say about hashtag get happy is that taking responsibility for our own happiness is a gift to everyone around you. So let me explain that a little bit. If I'm running around being happy, it's a gift to my husband. It's a gift every morning to be like, hey, babe, I'm happy. I got this. A lot of times in relationships, especially when you're talking marriage, people look to their spouse and expect their spouse to make them happy. Well, I married you. Come on now. Make me happy. But it's the exact opposite. It's a gift to my spouse when I make myself happy. He enhances my happiness, of course. But it's a gift to him for me to be happy and to not try to put that burden on him because as we've already discussed, he can't do it anyway. He can't make me happy. I'm the only one who can make me happy. So I love the notion of every day you take control of your own happiness and it's a gift to everyone around you that you're doing so. Hi, I'm Madison and I listen to Dr. Karen's Love and Life in Cary, North Carolina. Number two of my topic for today of thinking better, feeling better, and behaving better is take charge of your thoughts, take charge of your life. And the hashtag is hashtag CBT. So this comes from my background as a therapist because my preferred therapeutic orientation is called cognitive behavioral therapy and it's simple but profound. 
So in cognitive psych, we focus on the thoughts that we have, the, the thoughts that we think about all day. And in cognitive therapy, we identify thoughts that aren't working for us. And for most of us, the reason that we're unhappy at any given time is that we're thinking negatively. Now you might be saying, okay, yeah, that's obvious, but no, not really, because so often we don't check ourselves and we don't check our thoughts and take control of them. Because if we take charge of them, then they're ours. And if we don't like how we're thinking, then we can switch it. It's simple, but it's not easy. To take charge of your thoughts is to identify the ones that aren't working for you. Because so often we're running around with all these negative thoughts in our head and we don't even know that they're negative. We just think that this is the way the world is. We've internalized this very negative worldview. And we think things like all people are out to get me or it's a dog eat dog world and like and good luck surviving it. And we think all this crap and this crud and then we wonder why we're miserable. Well, it's because we're filling our head with this stuff. So the first thing we have to do, the first step to take charge of your thoughts is just to identify some of those thoughts that you are considering and you believe to be the way the world works when that's not necessarily the case. And maybe you didn't have a, a context. Maybe you didn't grow up in a family with a lot of positivity. Maybe your parents were depressed or they were beaten down and so they didn't have the, the wherewithal to give you a positive mindset. But here's the deal. You're grown up now. It's your choice. It's in your control. So the sooner that you examine your thoughts, identify the negative ones, and replace those thoughts with positive thoughts, the sooner that you can get happy. Hi, I'm Linda, and I listen to Dr. Karen Love and Life in Bedford, Kentucky. So number three is never, ever settle. And this one comes from my personal life because like I said earlier, I was a runaway bride. At 34 years old, I almost married the wrong man for all the wrong reasons. Like I said, I'll go into this story in a lot more detail later, but for now, it's important to understand that the reason I almost settled, the reason I almost made a huge, huge, disastrous choice to walk down the aisle and basically lie and say that I was in love with someone and could make vows to this man that I really couldn't make in all sincerity. The reason I almost did this is because I wasn't adhering to the first two points that I talked about earlier. One, I was not getting happy. Two, I was not taking charge of my thoughts. I'd let all kinds of negative ideation sink in and I had started to believe it. That, oh, some people get to marry the love of their life, but you can't, Karen. You're just going to have to marry someone who's good enough. Well, here's the deal. I couldn't do it. I couldn't settle and marry someone who's good enough. And here's another point that people forget a lot, is that when we settle, we're being very unfair to the person that we're settling with, for example, in my case, or the situation that we're settling in. Because women hear a lot, oh, you're too picky, or you think that you're too good for this situation, you're too good for this guy. Well, Okay, but the answer is not to settle because that's being a jerk because then you're basically telling someone, well, you'll do. He thought, you'll do. So in my case, my ex-fiance thought he was marrying the love of his life and I was settling. So not only was I stepping away from my authentic self and from what I truly wanted, I was also being really unfair to him because I was duping him. And really the most loving thing I ever did was walk away from the altar. 
So another reason I believe these values are so important is because when I look back over my life, the times when I didn't adhere to these values were the times when I was the most unhappy, the most miserable, and I was making really cruddy decisions based out of fear. And that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother podcast because women in particular tend to struggle with making fear-based decisions. And fear-based decisions are always a bad idea. When we're operating from a position of fear, we are by definition not operating from a place of authenticity. Because if fear is controlling us, we're not taking risks, we're not stepping into our true selves. You're listening to Dr. Karen Anderson Abril on Love and Life. Go to her website, drkarin dot me. That's www.drkaren with a K dot me. Have any questions or would like to share your story with Dr. Karen? Email her, Karen, K A R I N, at drkaren dot me. Today, we've identified things that we do have control over. So when we get happy, we're making it happen. When we take charge of our thoughts, we're making it happen. When we never settle, we're making it happen. When we're living an authentic life, we're making it happen. So the challenge is every day, how are you going to make it happen? How are you going to take a hold of today and make it go your way? This is the kind of stuff we're going to keep exploring on Dr. Karen Love and Life. I'm so excited you joined me. Please go to iTunes and subscribe. You can listen to me on Stitcher, Spreaker, and SoundCloud. I'm at Dr. Karen Love and Life. If you want to reach out, I would love to hear from you. Please visit me at my website, Dr. Karen, D-R-K-A-R-I-N.me. On Twitter, I'm at Dr. Karen Anderson. Facebook is Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. On Instagram, I'm Dr. Karen. I'd love to hear from you, so please email me at Karen at DrKaren.me. Thanks so much. Tell your friends. If you have any topics you want me to address, that's what I'm here for. I want this to be interactive. This is your show as much as it is my show. Thanks again. And until next time, take charge of your thoughts, take charge of your life.